and Screaming Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Vanessa Guerrero. I'm your other co-host, Elijah Taylor. Oh, I, I was, was waiting for I the was thing. trying for there to be... There hasn't been a thing in a while, and I wanted there to be one. And but now that I, I have a little more pep in my step, you want to like... Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to rib you a bit. But I, what I almost did was just defaulting to I'm also Vanessa Guerrero, but I've done that one. It's played out. It's hack. I got I to gotta come up with something new. Anyways, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, this isn't a husband and wife gently bickering over a bit. Uh, it often is. <laughs> okay, and actually it is. Anyways, uh, this is but additionally. also this is also two ho hosts. Oh, that's my next week. Ho coast from coast to coast. Yep. This is also two co-hosts that share a same love for two genres that we feel like are sometimes underrecognized, and that's horror and martial arts. We think they are two great tastes that taste great together, uh, and oftentimes by pairing them, you end up finding out something you love about a genre you would have not explored otherwise. That's true. Uh, which brings me to uh, the perfect segue for a listener comment. Because uh, sometimes we like to open up episodes with uh, comments from uh, listeners and friends. Uh, at Kevin underscore you underscore 87. Kevin on Twitter uh, writes, Going through these episodes of At Kick Scream Pod really makes me mad that I haven't seen, I'll say 75% of the martial arts movies you cover. And that's what we're all about. That's what we're doing here. A lot of folks I have... haven't seen 75% of the martial arts movies we've been covered. Exactly. I can now I mean, call myself now, a martial but... arts fan. In, yeah. a, in less than a year, I've seen like over 100 martial arts movies, which is more than most people watch in their lifetime. And it's kind of made me an annoying asshole around the office. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're 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 going through like the lifetime arc of most martial arts movie nerds, but in like a very condensed time frame, where it's like usually you know you you. It's watch like I'm these... taking a master class in action movies. But but you're doing like the entire like emotional journey with it as well, where you're suddenly being really obnoxious with uh, all of this information that you like want to spread but you're also like no you guys gotta why why are you not looking at this thing look at this kick that i'm looking at and then eventually you're like okay everyone's just not gonna be as into this as i No, literally the other day i was like pounding at the desk yelling at undisputed yes where they were like talking about something and i'm like you know what you should be watching um i feel like i just need to do this like i'm around that dude energy a lot and i love that i'm them for this yeah like i can't remember who it was that was just like Mm-hmm. this seems like it sucks and i was just like <gasps> uh <laughs> we're gonna fight uh but yeah that's 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 why we're doing this a lot of folks have, have seen one and not the other or maybe even uh have a perception that they enjoy one and i not came the into other. this is the horror doofus yeah and and a lot of the time there's overlap a lot of the time if you like horror there's, there's gonna be martial arts movies that you like basically we just want to make you feel like you're in the video store of your youths, unless you're a Zoomer in that case. How would you find us? I love you. Uh. Yeah, I, our, our demographic does not skew uh, Gen Z. Does not Z, skew Zoom. But uh, if if you're listening, welcome. Hey, thanks. Right on. Sorry, I've been hanging out with like Zoomers more than usual lately. Like friends, like younger siblings, friend of the show, Olivia Haidar, who is going to be on the next episode, by yeah, the way. Yeah, our Very first exciting. ever returning guest. I Olivia know. Haidar. And it's one of my favorite people in the universe. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, very was, excited to have her on. I felt like it was always going to be a, a, a toss up between Olivia and Harmony as to who got to be first returning guest. Because we're like near them. Uh, well, I'm near Harmony more than I am. I live 
Olivia. So I feel like that's how it happened it was because a, we very rarely get some Olivia FaceTime. Yeah, so we had we had to pencil it in quick. Uh, but also, and just, she made an amazing pick. She made a great pick. Yeah, I'm very. We'll excited. tell you at the end. Yeah. Uh, but for this week's Elijah, do we have any comments before we launch right into the show? Oh, we got a few other comments. We got a couple of comments. There's some comments Which, in here. Just want to uh, add, just because I need to say it or I'm gonna scream. If I sound especially frazzled, that's because this week is crazy, but for a good reason. And you should all definitely watch G4 this Wednesday. Oh, you should definitely watch G4 this Wednesday. It's very exciting. <laughs> uh, Vanessa gets to. Uh, produce a, an interview with a lifelong hero of hers <laughs> and you should for sure sorry i'm making this sound because i'm like kind of losing <laughs> my mind <laughs> uh gareth at woods running writes uh of this week's uh double feature pairing the best friday film with the best friday final girl can't wait not uh, wrong. Yeah, not wrong. Not wrong at all. Uh, I'm so although, sorry to I mean, fans of the franchise. I was going to say... I, I, I know my feelings are different. I was just going to say, like, in 7, uh, she's telekinetic, which is pretty, pretty, cool. pretty hype. Uh, Alice is not telekinetic, so that is one point against her in this film. Yeah. Otherwise, she's great. Uh, also, uh, just want to say that uh, last week, I believe, uh, I asked... Uh, listener Gareth at Woods Running to uh, give me some honest feedback on my British accent. And uh, what did Gareth say? I think I'm going to be retiring the British accent. <laughs> 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 no, it was it was the expected feedback, <laughs> which and was a very this gentle. Is how thumbs down. <laughs> Gareth automatically saves our marriage. <laughs> it was getting out of hand. It wasn't therapy. It wasn't spicing it things was, up. It was a friend on Twitter telling me to stop doing a British accent. Yep. No. Gareth saved our marriage. Because I insisted on it. I wouldn't stop. <laughs> all, all British accent all the time. Yeah. Uh, hey, so what do we got lined up this week? What are, what are, what are, we, what are we doing here this week? Elijah, what'd you pick? What did I pick? What'd you, what'd you pick? <laughs> did you forget who picked and you were hoping that I'd toss it to you? I, I did. Um, no, uh, this week for my, uh, for my pick in the, uh, also, I just, I just want to say the Olivia episode was supposed to be this week. And so then, uh, we, we, we had to watch changed, this rather quickly. Yeah. We, we changed our pick, uh, last minute. So I'm, because I'm, I'm getting ready frazzled. for an interview with Johnny Knoxville. Wait, are uh, you allowed to say it? <laughs> I get an, I, I assumed it was like some kind not of embargo on platforms thing. with more than 600 people. So I can say it here. Uh, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. <laughs> In that case, we should talk all about that. That should be the entire episode, honestly. <laughs> it's just that us. We're interviewing Johnny Knoxville this week. Hyping up that you're interviewing Johnny Knoxville, because that's very cool. Uh, and hey, if you're listening to this, uh, and I mean, you are you are not a, a jackass fan. I was not either before uh, Vanessa turned me on to it. They were uh, my martial arts movies before martial arts movies. Yeah, I, I was going to say, <laughs> if if absolutely nothing else, uh, all the respect in the world to Johnny Knoxville as a stuntman, because if, if you're listening to stunt this... Stuntman will sit with him because they respect yeah, him. Yeah, I'm going to say, you, you probably have respect for stuntmen, and he's an incredible one. Uh, so if only on the merits of that, but also he's uh, comedically uh, brilliant and charming and very attractive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but for my pick this week, <laughs> in the uh, kicking portion of the kicking, screaming double feature, I've chosen. The 2019 Vietnamese film 
Fury. So when Elijah said he picked a movie called Fury, I said the Shia LaBeouf tank movie. Yeah, and she uh, was like concerned. I was like, I was oh like, shit, Fury was, is streaming. Did karate happen in that? It's like Fury is streaming. We're going to watch that. And she's like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> watch this military drama because I guess there's fight scenes. Uh, no, it is a uh, Vietnamese uh, kind of... I. I assume low budget. I actually, uh, here, pulling up the Wikipedia page, it says it has a budget of a million, which... Uh, maybe low budget here. Low budget here. Probably, I guess, like, pretty high budget. I'm for, not as familiar uh, with the Vietnamese Vietnam, industry, like, the Vietnamese film industry to, like, comment on whether or right. not that's high budget. Um, but I know, at least for an American production, that's on the lower end. Yeah. I mean, if it's one million US, I feel like in, in like, a Southeast Asian production in general, that's, like pretty solid i did not know that it was an entry for uh best international feature for the academy awards oh, uh, yeah. in 2020 it's dope as hell that they even got a martial arts movie into yeah. like a category that's historically like pretty snooty about either genre that we cover both martial arts and horror yeah has has a martial arts film ever won Silence best of the picture Limbs. Oh, That's sorry, horror. <laughs> was you know how so there's karate confident. and silence in the land. You said it so confidently that I was like, does Hannibal fight in that one? Because <laughs> he a does sometimes. He is a martial uh, artist. I'm trying to think. It'd probably be something like historic and Wong Fei Hung based as like an international entry. Right, potentially. But even then, I still kind of doubt. I know, I know Rocky got like best screenplay. That's probably and it, and I'm it, counting like, it. Yeah. And Rocky, Creed. Yeah. Did Creed win something? Probably something at least for. I hope it did. I feel like any of like the rock, a boxing movie is likely, yeah. but that's because yeah, it's Rocky American. Best screenplay, but and like we do boxing on this show because we do count it as a martial arts. Oh, it but like is. the Academy doesn't see it otherwise. They see that as like pulp or camp or right, silliness. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting that you can uh, tell like a, a gritty sports story about like a you know an MMA tournament or whatever, like something like Warrior yeah. with Tom Hardy, uh, or you know something like Creed or Rocky, and you or can the tell wrestler. Yeah, but like you you can tell stories about martial artists competing in martial arts, uh, even like competing in martial arts tournaments. Uh, but when it's like boxing, it is a sports movie, and if it's like you know karate or like some undisputed type stuff then it's like considered you know genre and it's more niche and it's like oh, it's the same thing for like rocky has training montages rocky rocky goes through the 36 chamber you know oh yeah honestly if you like look up academy award winners after a while like every podcast has said this but it's like there's so many where you're like who cares who cares yeah, this no, year because nothing like, good the, actually yeah, got it like put no stock into <laughs> have any of say. you watched the artist recently like <laughs> oh, yeah it is funny how many like yeah best picture winners are like immediately forgotten um but fury sorry not <laughs> was, forgotten yeah not in forgotten. conversation especially because it when it went to netflix it like did very well and it's like the highest grossing film in vietnamese history so far really okay i love that that's wonderful to hear i was gonna say uh part of it so there's a there's a few reasons that uh that i picked fury uh largely just because it like uh came to my attention that it was available on streaming platforms now uh which you know it i think has been on and off for a couple of years but i just uh had rented it on like physical media it weirdly when fury uh released i was in 
uh, I believe I was in Oregon and rented it either at Movie Madness or at the Bend, Oregon oh, Blockbuster. Oh, you lucky bitch. Yeah. So I, I like rented it on physical media. We got to do Portland again, man. We got to do Portland again. Um, shout out to uh, Dirk of the VHS podcast. Love based you. Out of Portland. Love you, Dirk. Every time I go to work, people ask me about the stickers on my laptop that are, and they're all VHS ones. Hell yeah. Uh, every time people come over, they ask about uh, very fine hot sauces that uh, also come from Portland. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, part part of the reason that I chose it uh, was just because I was stoked that it was streaming and I could like conveniently watch it again because I'd been wanting to uh, rewatch some of those fights. But also uh, because, uh, to my memory, this is the first uh, Vietnamese martial arts film that we've covered. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. Th- yeah. And I've, you know, I've been trying to, uh, uh, you know, hit like major regions of martial arts that look cool that I'm like a fan of watching their choreography and like the, oh, yeah, that I still dig what do they're Kaipo doing. Era. Oh, that's true. We haven't done, uh, and, and it's hard because there's very little in terms of like straight capoeira Only movies. the strong. Only the strong is like we're we're absolutely gonna have to cover it. Uh, but no, Vietnam uh, has a very, very cool national martial art uh, that I, I believe is called Vovinam. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation, but it's uh, spelled Vovinam. Uh, and I I really love it. It's right in that sweet spot, uh, similarly to, I think, like Penchak Silat uh, in Indonesia, where they uh, train a lot of like weapons stuff, a lot of like knife and stick and uh, sword and staff fighting. Uh, but also they're like right in that space of uh, as as a system of fighting, it's kind of like the, there are maybe more uh, empirically tested things where it's like, oh, yeah, like a, a strong like a, someone with a strong background in like wrestling, Brazilian jiu jitsu and then like boxing or Muay Thai or whatever uh, would would probably win a fight against like an equally skilled and disciplined like pure like Vovinam practitioner where it's like okay it might not win fighting tournaments around the world every time in terms of like overall efficacy because often when you only train one system it's not going to uh but it's flashy and looks really fucking cool and it's like right in the space of like still being like effective and being something that like oh yeah these techniques would work but maybe they're harder to do than like a simpler thing that would do the same function uh, and that to me makes it like perfect for screen fighting. That's the thing that like you want in choreography where it's a little flashier than like the, the most efficient practical way to do that thing. Uh, but still looks like it would hurt and like destroy your body in some cool and frightening way. Yeah. Uh, so like I love, uh, yeah, like Vietnamese martial arts choreography. Uh, and I wish that we always had more of it. I, I wish that like, there was a a bigger or at least like more accessible to me because maybe there are like indie guys out there like doing stuff that I'm just not uh, coming across. But uh, I I wish there was a bigger scene of like, you know, kind of like the uh, the earlier days of uh, Panariti Cry and like his stunt crew with Tony Jaw that, you know, eventually gave us like Ong Bak and the protector and stuff. But before that you were getting like born to fight and these very like, low budget shoestring just like stunt heavy movies that was just like a ragtag group of martial artists like doing stuff in you know what was effectively their backyard uh and i i wish that there was more of that coming out of vietnam right now uh and this feels uh the movie fury i hope especially hearing that it's like done well and set some 
you know, financial Broke records. Record. Yeah, I I hope that this starts to usher in more of that because it is uh, very much like the Ong Bak or the Marin Tao of like you know Vietnamese martial arts films where it's and incredible that it's women uh, like it's like women helmed. Yes, yeah, because the the lead uh, is it Veronica? Veronica no. Veronica, no. Uh, fucking rules. She was in... Uh, She's captivating in this. This is my dude, first time seeing her in something, but, like, not just her fighting, but, like, her faces and the way that she carries herself, she is, like, magnetic to watch. She's so fucking cool. Yeah, she was in Clash and Rebel, a uh, few movies with uh, Johnny Wen, who is, uh, like, the bad guy in uh, The Protector, uh, and who's... A gorgeous man with incredible kicks, and he can jump and spin in the air and kick you three times, which is so <laughs> fucking cool. Because I, d- I mean, like you know, we, when you say it, it's like, oh yeah, that's cool. But when you think about it, spinning in the air and kicking someone three times—that's oh, yeah. so many kicks. The other day, I saw a fighter try and recreate Chun Li's like triple kick. Oh yeah. Um, and mm, she like dip, 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 actually dip, dip, succeeded dip. after a try. Like nice. she like kind of was a little shaky on the first try. Nailed it on the second. Did she? Did she have a taekwondo background? I feel like that's uh like a very like. I can't remember if she had like a taekwondo background or like an acrobatics one. Uh, Um, in which she had like a really good center of balance as well, to where she could like land one. But like she did have a heavy fight background. Uh, and seeing her land it on the second one made it look inhuman. Like it's it's one of those where it's like once you see that many in a sequence, similar to like like. Um, Johnny Johnny Wen uh, hitting someone like three times. It's one of those where you're just like, hmm, that's a super powered human. That's yeah. that's not a regular one. That's it's just <laughs> like you're 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 doing stuff with different parts than I have. Like my <laughs> my my set of things don't do that. You've no. got powers. <laughs> do you know what happens if I try and do that like Chun Li kick? I dislocate you just my fall, fall down. I fall. Yeah. I'm not the same anymore. I pee significantly <laughs> more when I laugh. And life. I already pee when I laugh like a lot. Oh, no. Why did I sound like a big mouth character just now? <laughs> Go on. Keep talking about the movie. Yeah, so Fury. Uh, no, I, I love Veronica No. And uh, previously she had always kind of played this like uh, supporting role uh, alongside Johnny Wen in terms of like leading the action, you know, like where she would get great fight scenes, but it was always kind of like, he's you know he's the action star uh and so it's very cool to see her uh you know leading this and i do uh i i do really love this thing that has happened i think kind of since ong bak uh broke out and like made a whole bunch of money and kind of brought a lot of like international attention to like the thai film market uh where different countries will will kind of just make their uh ong bak and i mean like we we get it now with like john wick too where like people keep making john wicks uh and i guess this this also is uh the same structure as taken you know so it's like a a very like boilerplate kind of like action movie structure but but i love a refillable action movie same and i i really love it with specifically like low to mid-budget uh martial arts movie where it's kind of like highlighting a specific martial art so like ong bak was you know they they took his statue and he had to come from like his his rural life in the countryside to the big Mm -hmm. city to get his statue back Marin Tao was, you know, a uh, little baby eco before the raid had to leave his uh, rural town in the countryside to go to the big city. And uh, he was just on his his like room springer, essentially his Marin Tao. But then uh, there's trafficking and he has to like get a girl back. 
Uh, and then, yeah, there's... Uh, Undisputed is uh, just all of them. It's, it's, you just put them all in a box and it, make them it's fight. Basically it's basically oops figures. all martial arts. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the best formula, if we're being real, is just put everyone in a big fighting tournament. It's but like, what if the uh, Expendables actually delivered on the promise? I know. John Wick 4 seems like it's going to be that. It feels <laughs> yeah, like it's it setting out to about it. correct the errors of previous Expendables. Uh, but no, I just, I, I love this formula and I love that like a, a lot of, uh, you know, filmmakers have seemingly taken notice that like, that's all you really need to make like a p- pretty solid martial arts movie is like, I'm mad. I'm good at fighting. Somebody took something from me and like, it can be that straightforward, but, uh, and, and Fury is in a lot of ways that straightforward, but it's also, visually i think like better than it needed to be the the choreography is like fantastic but also like the lighting it has this like very like cool dynamic camera work throughout where scenes of like non-action you get almost like more camera movement than you do during the action where it'll just be like a character is looking for something and the camera like scans through a train and then like twists and kind of like goes upside down and then pulls back and you just get a lot of this like weird long tracking movement with the camera that ends up like making otherwise potentially kind of slow scenes just feel like dynamic and engaging. So you feel a sense of like motion and trajectory throughout it. And it just kind of like keeps you chugging along. Uh, And then, yeah, it's like very beautifully lit. And a lot of the like kind of back alleys of the city are just like flooded in like weird purple neon and, it it makes for like a very cool contrast from like the first act of the film where you're in this kind of rural countryside. Uh, but no, it, it's just like, right. Uh, it, it feels like it's uh, right in the sweet spot of like, yeah, showing off like cool martial arts choreo from like, you know, a, a nation that you, I, I always want to see more of, you know, more of that. Uh, but it's also just a, a, a a great vehicle for a bunch of cool fight scenes that didn't have to be made this well, but then kind of like raised that bar a little bit. And I, I just, uh, yeah, I like really love it as being like more than competent, I guess, because if it had been competent, it would have still just shredded. It would have been like, yeah. hell yeah, a bunch of kicks. And like, you know, we get a Taken or an Ong Bak or a Marin Tao, but set in Vietnam and with some like Vietnam choreography and that rules. But it ends up being like, like i don't know uh, just a more legitimate action movie quote unquote legitimate in terms of like no this looks like slick and expensive and it looks like something that you submit to you know the academy for like this this was our best movie come on check it out uh and i yeah and i love that it's it's all of those things and is a kick-ass martial arts movie starring veronica no no i yeah i loved every second of this it was gorgeous I mean, it was gorgeous in the way that it's, like, very clearly trying to do the John Wick thing of, like, saturated in neons. But, like, whatever. It's delicious. I love it. It works. Yeah. Um, and there, there was this thing in it that I really loved in which it's something that you normally see in horror movies. But this time it was applied to a martial arts movie. And because of that, it made a martial arts movie kind of horror. Um, so horror movies love the trope of the single mother. 
Um, because there's literally nothing more vulnerable, but also like actively not believed, accused, questioned and suspected than like a single mom. Like they make great horror movie protagonists because everyone's like not only not believing them, but also quietly judging them and maybe about to make their lives a little bit worse when they like reach out for help. Right. Right. It's why you see it like, so much as a protagonist like not just the babadook but in like other movies in which it's like please help me and my child and like in a lot of cases either they like perish or um you know there's like a there's there's an entire like plot based around it or it's just like a very sad character arc horror movies love single moms yeah um so seeing this applied to a martial arts movie in which i knew she was like strong and capable and more strong and capable looking than like Liam Neeson ever ever looked but I was more terrified the entire time right because it's like Liam is a shitty screen fighter but like he can walk into a room and kill several people and be like I'm looking for my child um or even like you know like a John Wick like you never really feel a sense of vulnerability from John Wick like there are moments where he's getting hurt but you're always just like yeah but you know he's he's john wick he's gonna be fine yeah exactly like he's tied to a chair with a bag on his head and you're like hey he's gonna kill all these guys somehow and the thing is she's a badass the entire time but like clearly there's a vulnerability to her and that is like this the agony of like this is my child and they're missing yeah um and you know that's also like societal expectations of just like mothers versus fathers and she also like she sells it better than like uh you know, like a like a Liam Neeson who's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you for my. She's daughter. not angry. She's terrified. She's she's like, please, like I if if something happens to her, I'm not gonna be all right. I'm so fucking scared right like, now, and for, I like I'll kill if I have to. For all of the many like, in time, not good feelings I have about Silence of the Lambs now, right. the thing that like, still is fantastic about it is that Clarice cries and gets scared and like shows vulnerability as an agent because you're like the stakes feel higher. And so that's the case with this character. But in addition to that, it's also scary because like she is so actively treated like shit by everyone that she meets. Yeah, including like her own family. If she if she gives too much information about the state of her mind or what is happening, she's also actively kept out of it. Yeah. And I mean like because of the journey that she is on, pretty quickly she's showing up places like covered in dirt, sweaty, like blood on her face, black eye, whatever. And so like it gets harder and harder to be like taken seriously in any capacity or like show like present as a person with credibility because she's showing up like looking like she's had a rough fucking time and a little frazzled because like her daughter might be dead at this point so she's entering every situation escalated and everyone's a little like look at look at this lady (laughs) and like yeah her her brother's so dismissive and she's like your own niece might be like getting killed as we speak and he's like, get out of my Everybody's house. problems with me for some reason has like yeah. superseded this other horrible thing happening. Which I, I guess we, we should say uh, that, you know, we, we've touched on it, but the, the stakes are that uh, her, her daughter is kidnapped by what she learns very quickly is uh, a trafficking uh, and organ harvesting syndicate uh, that uh, takes kids. Uh, and sells their organs on the black takes market all their for organs, the child resells uh, them. donation. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, it's it's a very simple plot. She's an ex gangster who like moved to the countryside to become a debt collector to raise the baby, and because of that, that kid is constantly bullied, and she's constantly doing like what she feels is right, not showing any vulnerability to her daughter. Um, to be like, yeah, we just gotta tough it out, you yeah, know. Yeah, you just gotta like be brave. Don't show fear. fear and it's makes ruining you weak. everything. It's ruining yeah. everything. Her daughter is miserable and unhappy and feels unattended, and like, and she's like, please, mom, just get any other job. All of the kids hate me because their parents all hate you. Like, and she's please. like offering to like cook and help and stuff yeah. like that, and like she's very much firmly just like if i don't look at it this doesn't exist and i'm gonna like white knuckle my way through this and you're just kind of doing that with her through the whole movie anyway um but like it creates this sense of sure my kid and i are everything everybody says we are so because she doesn't trust her kid she believes some stranger telling her that she stole a wallet uh, oh that's right so, she found a wallet on the ground yeah. and someone was like she stole it she's a thief like her mom and then they find out that that's not the case but by this point she's already sitting she by a creek like, being yeah, sad crying and gets snatched and gets snatched and holy shit that entire sequence also really i, I do want to talk about that yeah. sequence but i i realized uh and which is uh part of why i i, I love talking about movies with you my beautiful wife uh i i realized through this conversation that like you know you you feel this sense of like uh kind of heightened uh urgency in the pacing of the film and i i attribute you know some of it to like the visuals and like some of that like cinematography and camera work that like keeps you feeling like a sense of movement throughout uh and of course you know the the fact that the film itself is a lot of her like sprinting from location to location breathing heavily like where's my daughter uh, but also like just comparing it to some of these uh, other films, setting the stakes very quickly as like once it, once they get to where that truck is going, they're gonna cut her open and put all her organs in a cooler and, and they then keep reiterating the this and like setting that bar really quickly. It it's a great way to make it so much more like frightening and so much more uh tense because something like a john wick where it's like oh yeah they killed his dog he's you know it's it's catharsis and you want to see those dudes get get fucked up but there's nothing really on the line or at stake except for just like everyone involved their their own safety so it's just cool as shit it's just cool as shit this does feel very stressful and it also feels like like even if you're not worried about like her safety because she's winning all the fights, you're like, oh, she could win every fight and still be fucking ruined by the end of this movie. You still kind of feel like she could beat up all of the bad guys. She could she could step into every room and like John Wick the hell out of everybody, and and still like never recover, lose everything, and not be okay. And you're like, not quite sure how it's gonna go the and whole time. She's also time. taking like a lot of damage at every turn. Right. Right. Um. And, uh, th- like, her interactions with the uh, detective was also making me nervous because I was like, I don't know if this dude is in on it or not. Right. You um, always assume they're in on it. Initially. Uh, Anytime it's a syndicate or a ring or a gang, you assume that the cops are on the, the take. Yeah. Um, and uh, e- eventually she comes to find out, you know, who's who's involved, tracks them down, and issues said beatdowns. Um there are several sequences in this movie, like a couple, in which they just spend a nice long time working the action into the narrative in which it feels just kind of seamless. Yeah. I 
that is the thing where like I I almost wonder if uh like that's where the uh potentially like budget choices had to be made uh because the the movie overall like looks very expensive and looks very sleek uh and some of these set pieces are like incredible I I wish that there was like one more big one because I yeah. like there's a little bit in the middle of the movie where I'm just like just wishing there was like one more big fucking brawl i think it's because the middle of the movie also has like some high emotional arcs and then it lets us have like one moment of levity before things oh, get insane yeah. which is like super, there's a beautiful moment yeah of super necessary uh but that that first that first chase uh where they take her kid and she she sees them and like almost makes it to them in time but they they escape on a boat and she like is keeping up with the boat for a while and like steals a motorcycle and is like racing after them and that entire sequence is great because there's like multiple smaller kind of like <clears throat> action exchanges that like play out throughout that, like including, you know, chase scene and like her fighting off other members of the gang that are still on land. And the, the whole time it is like, she, she might catch up, you know, you're like, ah, she's, it's, it's still kind of neck and neck. She might like get up to them right now so that by the time they do eventually like, get away with the daughter, you feel a genuine sense of like, fuck, like she was so close and she worked so hard to get there. And I, I really love, uh, like you said, the way it like ties the action into the narrative in a way that's like progressing the, the story as she's like doing stunts and kicking people and stuff, because it, it doesn't feel like the, I feel like the version of that scene that I've seen before many times is someone takes the kid she tries to like stop them, but then 10 guys shows up and they're standing in a room and she has to like fight all 10 guys. And by the time she beats them, the kid is gone. But the fact that it's like moving and it like goes down the river and like to the bus stop and she like, you know, hops in the back of a truck and it just feels this sense of, you know, like trajectory and like narrative progression throughout. Uh, it's, it's something that I, I think more action and martial arts movies could learn from honestly and like do better. Uh, and they they do that with the uh, with the train as well in the third act where it's like yes. they're like progressing through it. It almost has like a video game sense of like it does. It feels like boss levels because once she gets to that final fight and it's been someone that she's like already lost to, so it's already like, all right, here's what we know the final fight is. It's it's like this is going to be the last time they definitely interact. It does move like a raid almost like, yeah. like a horizontal raid like what i imagine the train to busan remake is gonna be oh god uh, i hope so <laughs> just I, like raid but sideways and on wheels i i gotta say by the way like i'm pretty stoked for the train to busan remake uh both because obviously we love timo and i i want him to have to make all of the money in the world and make all of the movies uh but also because for as much as i like train to busan uh you it wish was, there was more punching. I well, okay. I wish there was a Hi, lot, of, I a knew lot it. more of things. But that movie was like very, very hyped to me, uh, and I so I made the mistake of going into it with like very high expectations because, uh, of course, when it came out, if you were like on social media and followed people who talk about horror movies, that's all anyone was talking about for like quite a while, and it was like movie of the year, movie of the century. People like really hyping it up. Uh, I think I think it's a very good movie. Uh, there were things I was underwhelmed by, and. Two of those things were that it's the train. What <laughs> I was underwhelmed by the train and by Busan. No, um, I was. I, it's a pretty bloodless movie. 
for being a like a zombie movie, there's almost well, they no don't have circulation, darling. I know, but there's almost no gore or violence. There's like barely a drop of blood on screen in that film, which is shocking to me because I'm like, I you know, it's I, not called brains to boo on. No, but I grew up on like Romero zombies. I want that Dawn of the Dead gut rip. Give me that Tom Savini good shit. Uh, but then also, uh, yeah, the action choreography when they're like, the, you know, you, you have a, a big old tough guy swinging a baseball bat, but it felt like he's swinging a wiffle ball bat and it's yeah. just kind of bonking off zombie heads. So I'm really hoping that like, you know, the Timo version gives us like the chef's kiss. Uh. Now, uh, speaking of that Tom Savini good shit. Wait. Right, God, that's such a good segue that I want to. But real quick, I just want to talk about that fight in the train Go just for, for a second. Uh, because I, I I called this out to you while we were watching it, but it's just a there's a there is a cadence to the choreography in the first part of that fight that I really really love, uh, which which is that the protagonist, like the the hero of the film, is fighting a a big bad villain boss who is physically more imposing than them, who is taller, who is bulkier, like has has weight and muscle and presumably just physical strength on them. Uh, and in their first encounter, like pretty handily beats the shit out of her. Uh, and a lot of the time, the way that fight ends up getting choreographed is that the bigger, stronger bad guy is, uh, again, pretty handily just beating the shit out of the hero. And it usually comes down to like they remember a, a hidden strength within them or there's like you know, they remember the reason they're really mad or there's a secret technique they have that the villain doesn't know about, uh, or they, or it's like some kind of Deus Ex Machina or like Stroke of Luck thing where it's like they got thrown on the ground but they landed next to like a shard of broken glass and they turn around and stab them with it. Uh, but I feel like the much more realistic version of the way that fight goes when you have a hero who's been established as like a good fighter and the villain just happens to be a better fighter is that it's like. It's it's not that one-sided because no fight ever is even if like there there has to be a an enormous skill disparity for two people to be like you know fist fighting uh, effectively to the death and one of them just lands no hits at all like that, that that rarely happens unless you have like someone completely untrained and somebody who's like pretty good uh and the the cadence of of this fight is very much like Veronica Veronica No is landing like one shot for every three, maybe. Like she's hitting her and she's hurting her. Like her, you know, the the punches are not being shrugged off. Like she's she's giving just not quite as good as she's getting. So it's like still very clear to the viewer that's like, oh, she's losing this fight, but she's putting up a fucking fight. And I really love that because it's a hard thing to sell and it's a hard thing to choreograph, but when it's done well, it's like it just reads so much more like real and so much uh, like I, I'm more in it, you know, cause I'm like, oh, you can do it. You just need that lucky shot on the chin. You just need like, come on, like maybe your cardio is a little bit better, but like you can, you can just grit it out. You can win this fight as opposed to like, oh wow, the villain's really strong, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And so I, I, I love that fight and I think it does that, uh, it does a really good job of like a specific type of cadence that you don't see enough. Uh, and then I also love that she gets off the train and John Wick's a bunch of guys with some gun kata because uh, we love gun kata. Lo- love me some gun kata at the end there. Like, yeah. I honestly, and then the happily ever after, but also, like, I'm going to teach my toddler how to kick ass. Yeah. Toddler child how to kick ass. And she looks right down the barrel and is like, you can never give up. Like, <laughs> it's so good. Fuck, I, I won't. I, I guess I won't. I'm going to fucking go kick some stuff. I loved it. And um, 
I, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to pair it with. And initially I was thinking Babadook, but then I realized it's just as a double feature, you would just leave wiped. Um, yeah, it's an emotionally draining emotionally double feature. And, and thank you for that. Cause I'm like, I, do, yeah, I don't yeah. think I could have done it. So I was thinking more in terms of pairing it with something uh, that's, that's like a little treat on the way out yeah. that like still works thema- thematically, but is a little treat. So for my double feature, because uh, single moms work, so so hard. They were so hard. Uh, I have chosen. The original Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, um, that Tom Savini goodness, baby. That Tom Savini goodness. Now let me start by saying because some of you have known me for a long time. Sorry, Elijah just checked to make sure if our senior cat was dead or not. She oh, looked him dead in the eyes. No, I was not uh, checking to see if she was dead. It was just that she looked like she was sleeping with her eyes open. Oh, she and does that sometimes. So I just leaned in and mouthed, close your eyes, because it was making me uncomfortable. <laughs> She's kind of gross and weird. It's yeah. it's fine. Um, no, okay. So like, let's say we have a list of things that I definitely love all of. Hot dogs. Love them. You know I love them. I want them all the time. Sorry, when you say all of the like, I love all of these things on this list. Like a lot. Oh, okay. This is a list of like all dogs. things that Vanessa love loves, dogs. but you don't love every hot dog. Pizza. Is what I'm clarifying. No. Okay. Cool. Cool. Love all pizza. All right. Love every taco. Hamburgers. Love them. I love all of these things. Yeah. There's a list of things you love. There are some that I love more than others. So like pizzas on the bottom for me. Like I love them all. Quick question: Is this a list exclusively of foods, or did you just name just four foods to start? I'm just giving you a fucking start? example. Okay, because you on said board. it was a list of things that you love, and I wasn't sure if it was food specific or if they were going to be. I'm giving you items. an example of a list. <laughs> this <laughs> happens to be food in a collection of things okay, that I love. Okay, gotcha. Fucking pizza. Pizza down hot towards dogs, the bottom because fucking hamburgers. Because it's a tacos. spectrum. It's a relative scale of how much yes. you love the things. Adore all these things. Pizza's on the bottom. That doesn't mean I hate pizza. Right. I love pizza. I can eat it every day if I could. I see where this is going now. So, I finally caught up to the metaphor. Sometimes people think I hate Jason, and that's not true at all. I know this is the first Friday the Thirteenth movie we've done in the nearly two years of doing this podcast. That does not, and I know this is also the episode that I almost completely disappear from on Monsters, uh, I mean, Behind the Monsters on Shudder. Because you just had I have a to lot say. to say on everything else, <laughs> and I just disappear for the Jason episode, pretty much. Um, that does not mean that I hate Jason. I love every slasher in the slasher genre. You cannot find a slasher that I hate. I love them all. Oh, that can't be true. It, th- in some way, I will find something redeemable because I All love right. it so goddamn much. So, on the ranking of, like, you know, the obvious ones, yeah. like, we're not going to the deep cuts, like, the minor from My Bloody Valentine, even though I I love him a lot. Yeah. Uh, actually, I love him, like, a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be my next pick after this next episode, the actually. The Drill Killer um, from uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Yes, yes, yes. Three we're going we're going two. to we're like the obvious color. ones anyway. like you know yeah, the yeah. ones that you will most likely see on a tattoo on a biker yeah jason's on the bottom for me okay but i that doesn't mean that i don't love him that's fair i've all just right. had a lot more to say about all of the other ones i'm uh okay controversial hot take i do hate jason no not at all <laughs> <laughs> actually uh the inverse controversial hot take uh i have always uh personally liked him uh more than michael myers uh 
I because I cons- I didn't mean to make a face. I'm sorry. No, you Every, did. Everybody teach their own. No, and that's fine. I, I that's valid. That's fine. I just I find both of them uh, largely and in the majority of their filmographies uh, or just like overall screen time. I find both of them to be uh, largely devoid of personality. I find both of them to be kind of filling a similar role, which is a hulking strong man who is good at murder and uh, represents just just fear and the thing that scares you. And my favorites are just uh, like they're gay. Yeah, no, and, <laughs> and so like I mean, Freddie of the like of the big dogs, <laughs> Freddie was my favorite by a country mile because he's charismatic. He makes jokes. He says weird, goofy, horrifying shit. Like that, like and I'm laughs a big old while he's murdering for Charles Lee Ray. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, no Charles Lee Ray, which I always like d- don't consider one of like the slasher guys, but of course he like of course Chucky. Is is in my mind he's in a different category of like creature almost because he's a, he's a little guy no um, but at his core yeah at his core he's brad Dourif. he's a real real good guy he's a real good guy but yeah i i've always uh personally considered jason and michael myers to fill the same kind of role which is big scary guy who will who will stab you and in that role i find jason more effective he's more the fact that they lean into like he is overtly supernatural. He's just a like an undead hulking monstrosity. Uh, I like his costume changes over the year. I love the burlap <laughs> sack. I love the hockey mask, of course. Uh, I think a machete is a cooler iconic weapon than a kitchen knife. That being said, like I think I think the Halloween film franchise is better on like a character to character level. I I prefer Jason as my like slasher villain. Well, uh, and also Halloween gives you a Laurie Strode to carry you yeah, through so no, much. No, and of course, like you know, you got the John Carpenter ass movie. Come on, like the first Halloween is a and much also, better like, movie than the first Friday the Thirteenth. But we also have to say how much of it is just like we love Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, like we, we do. We'll we'll follow her forever. Like there's so many movies that like by the grace of Jamie Lee Curtis are we like buckled in for the ride um and we met her once at a party and that was really cool that photo is on my desk and i freak out every time yeah, i look I at it. it every I, time i look up and i see you and me not being able to handle being that close to jamie lee curtis <laughs> I did, thank uh, you gerard <laughs> i did also uh meet kane hotter uh I've, I've met him a couple of times actually but uh most of the times it was like uh like we're at the same event or convention or whatever and it's like oh yeah it's kane hotter uh, but there was a time that I uh, specifically like had a longer conversation with him because he he approached me and was like, "Hey, elevator guy, right?" And I was oh like, I, "I, I, don't think so." And he's like, "No, you're the guy from the elevator." And I was like, "Nah, man, I don't. Oh my God. I don't think I am." And he's like, "Yeah, you were with that lady, man. We you were and in I the- get this shit all and, the time." But he like went on, and he's like, "We were in the elevator for like a really long time. You're with that lady. Damn, what was her Kane name?" Kane Hodder was absolutely like, certain that you're elevator. He was guy. certain to the point that I'm like, "Dude, I'm so sorry. I like, I'm I'm a huge fan of yours, but like, you have me confused with someone else. I was not in an elevator with you." And he was just like, "Nah, you were," and like maintained <laughs> the entire time to the point that I think I eventually yielded and was like, "You got me." And I was like, oh, and you then I just to. and then I just left the interaction. Like, fuck, okay. I guess I was in Kane an Hunter elevator. Needed that. Yeah. Can I tell you the I didn't meet him, but like the time I saw uh Nick Castle. Nick Castle. What? Michael Myers. Oh shit. Okay. I was like, I know the name, but and I realized I was confusing it with the Punisher. So, <laughs> it's um, fictional. <laughs> Frank Castle. Basically what had happened was it was for the behind the monster shoot and the person before me was leaving because they had to like 
this was like in early days of like COVID compliance in which we were taking like extra, extra, extra precautions. So like whoever had just entered, they would like clean down the area and then bring me in. Right, right. And so I was watching whoever was currently inside through a window uh, in like a waiting area, uh, seeing them say bye to the people inside. And I see the silhouette of the guy standing in the doorway. And I'm like, man, how do I recognize that guy from the back of his head? Like, I, I don't even shape. see the rest of him. <laughs> Literally, the, the thought that I had that made me realize it to where I went, <gasps> out loud, was I was like, man, the shape of that guy is really familiar. <gasps> the shape of that guy. That's so cool. And so <laughs> when Phil was bringing me in, he was like, yeah, we were just uh, saying bye to Nick Castle. I'm like, I know who you were saying bye to. I saw the back of his head. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, anyways, the first Friday the 13th, which also, uh, despite the fact that... Uh, well, well, yes, I'm not proud of the fact that it took us this many episodes to get to a Friday the 13th movie, because frankly, I love a lot of the Friday the 13th franchise. Uh, I, I already mentioned seven. And I I just think the fact that like a slasher flick was like Jason X is my second. Favorite. Oh, Jason X fucking shreds. But that, and that's what I'm saying. The fact that it would occasionally take like big bizarre swings as like, you know, many of them got weird in the later entries but i love the idea that they were like yeah what if carrie fought jason what if jason went to space like good good on that franchise do it do yeah. all of it it's got some fantastic kills uh give me a jason destroy all monsters <laughs> yeah i mean they didn't they kind of did they kind of did versus jason You're, the thing is it's not good it like celebrates the goofiness of like the slasher fan of yeah. what they want in a way that I it, like am thankful that it exists. Freddy versus Jason also did like it did do a lot of like fun like meta fourth wall breaking You're stuff. Never gonna escape and, that but fucking I movie. know it's gonna haunt me for the rest of my life. Um, but the first Friday the Thirteenth, uh, delicious, delicious. Beautiful. I I rewatch it like honestly every couple of years. So every at, at this point it's, I will say uh, we obviously are being like very loose with it, but that's just like I. I feel like my feeling towards that movie is that I've seen it so many times that I've like absorbed it and it is now pure vibes. And so I like Well, and it's like when we did the Halloween episode or certain episodes where we're just like, oh, when we watched this movie that most of you have seen or know the plot of. Like right. it's it's and, like And it's also it's one that's been discussed at length by like uh million people and so you <laughs> there's like, a lot of hats in the ring yeah you don't necessarily need like our in-depth analysis or hot takes on it but we can talk hot a bit about why one. we love it oh what's your hot take hot take number one that truck driver put way too much of his hands on annie's ass when he, he helped her into the put car both hands entirely on her whole ass and she like had a grip on the inside yeah. she was fine and also she was like you know, a, a grown woman who can easily pull her own body weight into a fucking truck. But he was like, yeah, let me just grab both cheeks with both. And then later he talks about like his kids and his wife. And he's like, oh, you dumb kid. You yeah. head full of rocks. And it's like, man, you were just grabbing her ass. Come on. And then uh, hot take number two, Pamela Voorhees is supernaturally strong. But in the way that is proven um, where when a mom sees a car or a kid, she can lift it. Um, right. Or when old dirty bastard uh, sees a car on a kid he can lift it yeah like moms and once. old dirty bastards yeah. like you know where they like see their <laughs> child and plural. they get like superhuman strength and she had that but it didn't work so it was stuck on oh she like the the switch got flipped but she couldn't but she couldn't unflip it so right because she, she can't like, lift a strong. lake she can't lift a lake off of him yeah so she just has car lifting <laughs> strength all right i like that that's a fun theory 
Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy it. Uh, yeah. I love good hot takes. I love this movie. Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my hot take. Uh, Crazy Ralph should have been given more screen time. Yes. Uh, and also uh, just should have been a, a more central figure overall. I think when you have a dude show up who says, I'm the messenger from God, all of you are doomed, this place has a death curse. Make that pay off for me. Well, I mean, I guess it pays off in terms of they all are doomed and the place has a well, death yeah. curse. I just mean like, death curse. he was a messenger from God. So like, what what's his Fuck, deal? What's God his real? background? Yeah, is God real? The Friday the Thirteenth canon, and also I, I mean, just, like, Jason lived as a weird little goblin in that lake for all that time, so maybe. Or is that evidence that God is not real? <laughs> that God does not exist or care oh, about she's us? She's real and she's mean. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I I just feel like uh, that dude. He's so much bigger than like every other moment in the film until like the final moments with Pamela coming in and like doing <clears throat> Jason voice to herself when it gets full, you know, like yeah. w- when it leans into the horror of it and she's like doing the like kill her mommy voice. Uh, everything before that, like does not go that big. And even when like local other locals are warning them, they're like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like a lot of people have died up there. I, I don't think you guys should go up there. And he's the only one that is going that big in a movie full of, like, very muted and subdued performances. So he's immediately the most interesting man on screen. And every time, like, Crazy Ralph is there, I'm like, yes! And then he leaves, and I'm like, yeah, nice. All right. Rest of the movie. <laughs> I just, yeah. I wish there was a way. More I, I wish he was commenting on every oh, kill. Oh, he's like our chocolate chip Charlie. Not yes! enough of him. Not enough of a, of a great thing. Um, um, I feel like the first Friday the 13th is similar to like watching the first Rambo, uh, in that you forget how like subdued and normal and grounded it was for yes. the first one. And then it just like goes bananas almost yeah, immediately. Cause you, you associate so much of the like later absurdity and even like the really like big outlandish kills of like, you know, like much more like gore and over the top stuff. The hockey mask. Yeah. The hockey mask. The, I mean, all of like the visuals and like iconography, like of course doesn't really show up. You get a machete a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but- I actually got in a fight about that. Not a fight, but it was it felt a machete good. fight. No. Um, <laughs> It was just one of those where, like, sometimes men treat me like I'm dumb when they don't know that I'm into, like, the stuff that they treasure. Did you did you get to do the scream thing where you're like, the killer in the first movie was not Jason? No. What had happened and was... you're dumb. <laughs> it was somebody I that I was line. working with that was, like, being, like, they were celebrating the anniversary of the first one, and they thought they pulled a still from it, and it was a picture of Jason with a mask on. Oh, and I and was like, like, that's not from the first movie. Yeah, or the and second movie. And they were movie. like, yeah, it is. And I was like, it is absolutely not. It's not even the one from the second movie. Yeah, like, like that's several movies removed from where you want to be. Yeah, and like... He was like, what are you fucking talking about? And I, I was like my first week on the job at this. And so I was like, I'm already not making a good impression. But also, um, I would bet all of the money in my pocket that I am correct. Yeah. Uh, and I was right. And he said nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> um, and then I didn't either because I was already nervous because a man yelled at me. Right. But uh, it, so sorry. it felt very good in in that moment to be like, I get to be Randy Meeks for like one second right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's very fun. Um, good job. Thank you. But uh, yeah, no, I I do I do forget that. Uh, and and despite like uh, yeah like nearly annual rewatches, uh, I I will say this is a movie that 
for me at least, and of course, you know, it's all uh, subjective. Your mileage may vary. The first Friday the 13th has aged like fine wine Delicious. for me. I remember like vi- vividly watching it as a kid with like my mom and sister and just roasting every like scene and character. Because that was, that was how we consumed most media that was how we watched horror movies and stuff is we'd watch it and like yell at the screen and be like oh my god hit her again what are you doing oh what what's wrong with you you're so dumb why would you go back in there like just leave etc uh and so i for most of my life have carried the impression of you know the first friday the 13th movie being like fun low budget like dopey slasher yeah, and of course like you know it's a classic and i love it in my heart but it's like oh, oh yeah, yeah. The- i cashed in later on the uh, slasher grade right so. and it's yeah and like you know other slasher flicks have done it better and been more well written or performed or like had cooler effects and kills and i'm you know i for most of my life remember it as being like oh yeah it's like fun and i respect it but like it's it's not you know it's it's not amazing at what it's doing and a lot of the stuff is like kind of goofy and i laugh at it or like i clown on it uh and and watching it now more and more, I'm like, no, this fucking rules, dude. Like, yeah. the performances are are not like, not like laughably bad, really. At any point, it's not, uh, you know, like a pin situation where you're sometimes kind of like, oh, that that could have been delivered a little better. <laughs> uh, it it genuinely just feels like, yeah, it's it's very uh, subdued and kind of atmospheric. Uh, a lot of sitting with people yeah. watching them linger reading a book or making like there's that scene where annie is making up a cup of coffee and she's getting like increasingly anxious as she moves around the room and like gets coffee and gets sugar and there's a lot of those moments where you like watch somebody sit with their thoughts to where it almost feels like the miyazaki movie of horror movies like there are so yeah, it's very slice of life it is, it's a very slice like <clears throat> hot take hot number take three, number three. Friday the 13th, the first one, is a slice, slice of, of life, life anime. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I genuinely think that, like, I I feel like almost I, I just have more respect for, like, quiet moments. I think that when I, was, when I was younger, I would watch a movie like this and think, like, God, like, because they didn't have, a, like, a big budget, it's, like, so slow at parts where just, like, nothing interesting is happening. And now I'm like, no, I fucking love that so much of this movie the soundtrack is just like ambient sound. It's just like birds or like crickets and stuff. And the fact that like the like conversations and activities taking place that you're like cutting from one thing to the other are not like big and cinematic and like hyped up or interesting things. The fact that it's like, you know, you cut from like people kind of like mumbling at a diner about like stuff that's not super like interesting or that doesn't really feel like written like dialogue. That's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I was cleaning my axle. And then you cut to, you know, people pulling a tree stump out of the ground. Yeah. And yeah, like, that, that slice of life kind of vibe where it's like, no, this feels real. This feels like normal people doing normal things. And then they start getting fucking killed. I think the genius of it is... um the pace of this is so much what makes it unique in that, like, the kills start, like, fast, early, and quickly. Like, when you think about Halloween in that first one, there's, like, not that many kills, and there's, like, some time in between before they start to ramp right. up. And, like, they're actually, they're pretty consistent from, like, beginning to end yeah. throughout the movie, and they're, like, all pretty intense. It's not like they're, like, increasing intensity, like, let's say a mutilator, God, yeah, where, no, like, the... it, like, crescendos to something. Like, right. it, they're all kind of... Like, even like the, violent. the first, uh, I mean, I guess not the first because there's like a kind of cold opening murder, but uh, the 
the gal who's uh trying to hitch a ride up there. Yeah. Uh she uh when when she gets her throat cut in the woods, uh that that throat cutting is Oh Annie, yeah. Yeah, is that Annie? I can okay, I confuse Annie and Alice. Alice. Yes, I, I mix their names, names up, but Alice is the main character, yeah. Annie is the one that right, dies right. first. Okay. Uh but yeah, that throat cut, uh I mean one, the effect is uh fantastic because Tom Savini it We love you. It genuinely like I have photos of when my my throat was cut open for a medical procedure and it looks very very similar to Ew. that on-screen effect so i like look at it and get nostalgic and i'm like that's what mine looked like yeah. uh, uh oh go ahead sorry oh no sorry go ahead i just wanted to close that thought because oh, i had i had a bubble oh yeah no i'm ready uh but no even just like that that first kill uh which is pretty early is still like so horrifying and effective yeah uh, but also the fact that it's not like, oh, I cut your entire head off, which we do get a decapitation later as like kind of a, you know, coup de gras. Tasty treat. Yeah. But it just feels like, oh, no, that's what it would look and feel and maybe sound like if you were just like a regular person doing regular person stuff and a stranger decided to kill you. And, and you're just getting picked off in the woods. And like, so there's a lot and people die like pretty early and quickly as they're introduced. So I feel like the genius of the slice of life elements is that you don't have a lot of time let's say to like walk to school with Lori yeah, or like have girl right. time at a table or you know watch a couple have a back and forth and then be like I like you I'm invested I hope you live um, so there isn't that much time because everyone's dying pretty yeah, fast. Yeah, like you don't feel like you like know the characters super well or like form like very strong attachments to them but, but... there's a tenderness because of the yes. quiet moments. Like, cause you're with them. You're with them. Like, even the sex is shot. Like, not like, oh my god, these like coeds rolling around in the woods. It's very like faces and feelings and emotions and kissing. Yeah. Like the the scenes of people like even the strip poker is like kind of cheeky and fun and right. like it doesn't get like too horny and it like it feels <laughs> just like you know kids kids partying that's like you know or like you know teenagers partying whatever yeah uh but it, yeah it feels very much like I, I mean the fact that they're playing fucking strip monopoly you know and it's not like oh yeah we're playing like spin the bottle and we're all like yeah. also like doing tons of drugs or that girl like playing around in the mirror for a bit for just like a quick second and doing like a weird impression of yeah. like an actress like She's you like, don't have a lot of time to get to know them, but they make you like them really fast. Yeah, they're all like very charming. And I, I also think that like, you know, maybe like uh, watching it as a younger horror fan, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, it's got all, all the tropes in there. You know, you go up and like you have premarital sex and you do drugs and then uh, you, you get murdered for it. And you have to be like virginal and chaste to survive. Uh, watching it now that I'm like older and p potentially more of a dirtbag that I'm just like. Yeah, I mean they're smoking weed and playing Monopoly. Like that's nothing. <laughs> that's like that's not that's so if that's I wholesome. Knew my teenager was just smoking weed and playing Monopoly all summer. I'd I'd bully them. I'd be like, "You're a nerd." I'd, I'm like, <laughs> "Do cooler stuff." First of all, you're a nerd. Second of all, I wouldn't bully them. We were talking about this. Wait until you're 18, because when it comes to brain development, like this is something you that's can enjoy true. when you you're a little bit more bully weed for. When you're too young. Right now, only mom gets to. Uh, <laughs> you're actively high as you're telling them this. I'm high, but that's because my brain is formed. That's true. It's maybe formed in a way that I wonder why it thinks cold cuts taste better when they're standing in the fridge than inside of a sandwich. I, I'd like to know some of why those eccentricities formed into my folds and ridges, but it's fully formed. Yeah. So I get to have it, Junior. 
That's true. And when you're but, 18, you can also smoke weed and play Monopoly. Yeah. No, it, w- it would not be like uh, uh, not the level of outrage <coughs> that, you know, uh, maybe is leveled at some of these teen teenagers at Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, but yeah, it, it feels very, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I've, I've very like latched onto this branding of Friday the 13th as a slice of life slasher. Cause I, I feel that now. Uh, and I, I fucking love it, man. It, it works for me every time. And it's why it's a movie that I can endlessly kind of put on and, you know, either like sit in rapt attention and like soak it all in and love it from start to finish or just as just as comfortably have it kind of play in the background, glance at the screen from time to time and just feel like warm and cozy and like cuddling up with an old friend. Yeah. Uh, and like also, what's your favorite kill? Oh, I mean, it's a tie between the Pamela Voorhees coup de gras. Yeah, which is great. That beheading is great. It's a great beheading. It, it's so much of why Alice is just like fantastic because for a while you're like there's not a lot to alice and then you're like all right i'm starting to root for alice and then you're like you got to go back and tap twice alice that's why pamela keeps getting up and then she just (laughs) she swings for the fucking fences with that with that machete and i'm so proud of her i she's she's a character who is a who is forged in trauma and by the end of uh which also okay other side note something that friday the 13th does exceptionally well that I genuinely think uh, is like a standout thing that more horror movies need to do uh, even now is that the last like 15 minutes of that movie is basically a a protracted fight scene between the, the final girl and the killer, but in a way that like, because they are of somewhat comparable physical ability, it's not like, you know Michael Myers, who is who is you know now in Canada. It felt like, like that Fury Hulk. scene where we get like a nice long final yeah, fight scene. Yeah, it, it's a similar kind of cadence at like you know a, a different level, but you you get two people of comparable physical ability both fighting for their <laughs> lives, and it. I I don't know if that necessarily uh, I I'm a bad barometer for it because I don't get uh, the the same fear uh, the, I don't get as afraid of certain movies because I'm I'm too desensitized you. for movies, uh, so I I don't know if it's more scary but I feel like it builds more attention in a longer space because it's not like oh if the big guy gets you you die if he if he catches you you're gonna die because he's big and strong. It's like, no, she can, like, wrestle with Pamela Voorhees. They can, like, be rolling in the dirt, and either one of them could have the upper hand at any point in time. And that feels more tense to me. That feels more like, oh, fuck, is she going to get the knife? And I I love that. And I wish more horror did that. Me too, bud. (laughs) Were you going to say, sorry, tie between the decapitation and... Oh, the arrow. Which arrow? A couple arrows. Arrow, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's my number one. It's that's like an all timer for me. The through uh, underside of the cot, up through the throat, is and it's such so a cool slow, effect. and it's so like right up on the face to where it just like you're lingering on his neck, and yeah, it's, it's so well great. done. And and it's also one. It's uh one of those like the. I don't know if you ever had this when you were a kid, but you hear the story of like an alligator crawling up through sewer pipes and biting someone on the toilet. Yeah. And then when you sit on toilets, you're like, I hope an alligator doesn't I'd bite me. I'd spend summers with my uncle in Florida. Oh yeah. So then did you get the same like kind of intrusive thought thing where you sit on a toilet and you're like, I hope an yeah, alligator doesn't bite me. Yeah, and then a toad came through once and I believe that oh it was like God. possible. That's so frightening. Because that toad was huge. 
That's was, re- that was legitimately frightening. If I was sitting on a toilet and it a was toad like an jumped iPad at me, sized so- toad. Jesus toad. Christ. Uh, well, now I, now I have like a new fear. Uh, <laughs> but no, that that was a kill that for me was very much like every time I would be like lying in a bed, I would just get the intrusive thought of like, what if someone stabs me? <laughs> That's my impression of ten year old Elijah lying in a bed. <laughs> I hope I don't get stabbed. I hope you don't meet a toad toilet. Same. Toilet toad, sorry. Toilet toad. Hey, so tell me, tell me a little bit about why you paired this with Fury, also, because we haven't really touched I on mean, that. Single moms doing it for themselves. Single moms man. doing it for uh, themselves. No, I think paired together, um, this is such a nice like release because it's so slow after Fury that you can kind of like luxuriate in it. Yeah. Um, and then it's also like this like flip side of the coin. So like we get to play with the hero and then we get to play with the villain before we leave, but they're the same person. They're a single mom thinking that they are doing right by their kid. Uh, doing everything in their power, enacting violence on anyone in their way. Yeah, and like, I think for Pamela, it wasn't even just the anniversary. Like, I mean, I feel like this has been touched on before, but like seeing that prank where one of them patri- pretended to drown where her yeah. kid died, I can't imagine it being his birthday and that being fresh in his head and seeing that and not breaking inside in some way watching someone like make fun of the way that your kid died due to negligence by people in their position you're just like no i i feel like like that's the thing that like snapped something in pamela that like sent her on that rampage um so seeing the two of them paired together it's like two sides of like different coins in in very hyper stylized versions uh and also it is kind of interesting to like see a trope used in an interesting new way and then see one of the originators of it of like yeah yeah single mom in trouble that's true because like that's something used either for hero or villain but it's used a lot right it also does uh kind of a underscore that uh something like fury or even like john wick uh from specific characters perspectives is a horror movie it like is a slasher flick because if you're someone who like is is hired to do like security at one of these clubs in john wick or whatever uh and not you know like in the later movies where the clubs are all like in the world of like assassin uh fantasy but in like the first movie where the it's metaverse just, like, but for killers right <laughs> <laughs> like in in so the, the metaverse, the metaverse. Uh, that's that's just where they hang out. Uh, but when Good it could have just been like a like a regular nightclub, and like you know, there's presumably people there who might even know, like, oh yeah, maybe like the guy that owns this is a criminal. But like, I don't know, man. I don't really do crime, but I'll take that money to work as a bouncer here. Like you know, I'm a bartender at this club. But then you have someone who's an inhuman killing machine, like just piling up bodies around you and you're just like living in fear for, you know, catching a stray bullet or like, I don't even know like what the whole drama is. Maybe he's just going to kill everyone in here. Maybe he's just psychotic. I have no idea. So like from, you know, there, I'm sure there are characters in the movie Fury, like that from their perspective, it's a horror movie, you know, that like maybe they don't even know about the the kids. They're just like. They got paid to stand by a door and make sure no one comes in. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, Friday the 13th from uh, Pamela's perspective is uh, is John Wick. She's like, you guys killed my son and then made fun of him. 
prepare to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, gosh, this was so fun. It was a fun these double two, feature. These two together are so fun. And I feel like this is also one in which you can use someone to get something like in the door for it. Cause like putting Friday the 13th afterwards, fine, you'll stay for that. If you come early, here's this other thing. Yeah, uh, and vice versa. Uh, yeah, I like uh, it. Which I've totally done before. So that's a good move. Uh, this is the uh, S- single moms, mother, single. Also, just uh, I I feel like mom it's upside down spells wow. That was all right. The mom upside down spells wow double feature. Okay. Yeah. No, it's growing on me. You s- you said it the second time. Now it's growing on me. I like it. I was gonna say that would not have been on my list of things that I expected you to say, but uh, no, I like it. That's a good mom upside down spells wow. Thanks. Uh, I also uh feel like it's weird that a whole episode uh where the thematic double feature link was like single moms uh being being tough and doing violence uh. I don't know. I think it's weird that the whole episode went by and I didn't uh, at all talk about uh, my mom. So I just want to give a, I don't know, weird uh, a shout out for someone who is not alive. What do you call that when you're praying? Yeah, but like atheistic, uh, like not not subscribing to a religious practice. Uh, oh, what up? Yeah, just like <laughs> just a spiritual out in the universe. What up to? Uh, yeah, my mom, who was, like, just the raddest human being and, uh, I don't know, an incredible uh, single mother uh, who absolutely uh, had beaten the hell out of people who uh, did, uh, like, it enacted harm on me or my sister. And I love how more than one person has talked about your mother in high reverence and also mentioned her punch. Oh yeah, no. Like many people, like have story. I for for years when I still lived in Denver, like after she'd passed away, uh, because uh, Denver is in many ways a small town. I would sometimes just be at a grocery store, and someone would be like, "Excuse me, are you are you Danny Joe's son?" I'd be like, "Yes, sorry, I don't I don't recognize you." And they're like, "No, no, I like. There's no reason you would. I've just always like worked at this grocery store, and your mom used to come in." But one time I saw her beat the <laughs> hell out of this guy and it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. She like really helped us out. This guy was in here being crazy. And it'd just be like, yeah, I remember like seeing you when you were like 10 years old, but your mom was incredible. And like, oh, people just like approach me and tell me stories. And on on more than one occasion, it was a story about how like a dude was stepping out of line somewhere. And then my mom beat the hell out of a grown ass man. And I always uh, had a lot of respect for that. And that's probably why I got into fighting and all that. Uh, so, you know, single moms, they're real cool. That's the parentheses under wow for <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vanessa, what are we covering next week with uh, the brilliant and amazing Olivia Hydar? Zoo. Warriors Zoo. of. You know what it's called. Help me. I don't because I always get the name wrong too because Zoo it's a long Warriors name. There are multiple the movies with like mountain? similar titles. Uh, let's see. Let's I see. thought you would have been more prepared than me. I oh, am I'm sorry. So I threw to you because you said we would say it at the end of the episode, so I thought you were ready. 
Well, this is you're the one that recognized it. Look so bad. Anyways, Zoo Warriors from the Magic Mountain. Okay, so I was thinking that. I was you thinking were. That. You were. Oh my god. Okay, so this movie rules, and I'm excited to talk about it. I always fuck up the title because there's also a movie that is just called Zoo Warriors, uh, and then this is a really stupid reason. Uh, there's a movie called Cedric Ballet Warriors of the Rainbow. Sorry, I always want to say Zoo Warriors of the Rainbow as well. But the third thing that my brain does is the three ninjas the third movie in the three ninjas franchise uh which i think is high noon at something mountain but it's like a similar like a magic it's similarly a magic mountain or a a warrior of a mountain type of situation my brain wants to transpose three titles but we're talking about that one uh which was uh kind of famously the inspiration for uh, john carpenter's big trouble in little china so that's pretty fucking sweet hell yeah and uh, Vanessa, where can the people find you? Interviewing Johnny Knoxville this week. <laughs> well, I'm not. Um, I'm We're just going to be present. I'm Johnny producing Knoxville. it. No, um, I've, we have to give her a snack pick, darling. Oh, we do. We do. Uh, because Mom Upside Down is wow, I can only think of Wendy's Chicken Nuggets because their thing is the logo that has the wow or mom hidden in the collar. Oh, I had something. What do you have? So, uh, I wanted to do an element of, uh, s'mores. Uh, oh, for camping? For camping. Right. Uh, but then I'm trying to think of, like, how to bring in the Vietnamese element of it. And then I thought of, like, spices that I know are used in Vietnam, like star anise and cinnamon. Oh, yeah, there um, you go. So, uh, a s'more, but the chocolate is spiked with a lot of like Vietnamese spices like cinnamon and star anise um, and making it very like fragrant and peppery yeah. uh, to go with the uh, marshmallow, the graham cra- cracker and the. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. Sh- that's a s'more. Yeah. There's, there's only three ingredients. Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to keep adding stuff. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Love yeah, it. All right. Are. Vietnamese fusion s'more. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, well, hell yeah. Vanessa, where can the people find you? You can find me under N-E-S-S Guerrero. That's Ness Guerrero on Twitter and S-N-E-S Guerrero on Instagram. Yes, they're different. That's because I want people to find me less. Uh, (laughs) No, it's cool if y'all find me. Uh, I'm just trying to be online with people that I want to be online with uh, and, and not just kind of like posting for the sake of posting. I'm trying to touch grass. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but you can also find me making cooking videos sometimes on TikTok under also SNES Guerrero. And uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays on twitch.tv slash G4TV. Ha ha ha. I did it. And when specifically can the people tune in for this? 4 p.m. Cool? Pacific time. Uh, which day? Tuesday and Wednesday. When is, when is Johnny though? Johnny specifically? I can't give an exact. Oh, okay. Um, just because well, of like, air date stuff. Yeah. But this week. Yeah. Okay. 4 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and then I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm at Elijah underscore pizza. And the I don't, show. I don't do as many things as show. you. And the show. Oh, and the show? <laughs> well, if they're listening, they've already found it. But you can find us on all forms of social media. We're at Pod. Please tweet at us. Instagram message and post at us. Uh, and send us uh, your picks for uh, double feature pairings. Also, a uh, qu- question for our listeners uh, that, uh, that I've had in mind, because I've been trying to think of it. 
if you, I, I guess I, I was going to pose it as like, if you could like watch them in a theater, which one would you pick? But I'm just going to say of the double feature pairings that, that we've made, which one is your personal favorite? What's your, your favorite, like overall double feature, both films and not necessarily like episode or discussion, but just like these two movies are like my number one pick. Uh, let us know. Cause I keep trying to decide what mine would be and it's tough. I'll get to mine. Yeah. I'll get to mine. You, I, I can tell you, like, going through a few. Anyways, we love you. Bye. We love you. Bye. bye.